Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, still here live from Las Vegas, posted up inside the Vajara, right across of the Aura, Aria. Whew. And I am on my third day being here. And that's usually as much of the time that I always say that you need to spend in Vegas because now it has officially hit me. I'm feeling the, the sorrow that is Las Vegas when you're here for a while. Um, obviously, I'm referring to that, that heartbreaking loss by the University of Hawaii men's basketball team, overtime loss to Cal State Fullerton last night, which we will get to in, coming up on this show and also hear the post-game comments from head coach Iran Ganat and also players Samuta Avea and Kamaka Hepa um, and also get into some other stuff. But I am officially also not UH basketball-related per se, but just like typical Vegas vibes, I you guys you guys didn't send your your good vibes enough because now I'm officially down. <laughs> I am officially down in the betting landscape as I told you guys before that I had bet on USC uh, to win the Pac-12 bas- men's basketball tournament to which they lost yesterday. And you know what? To have a little fun because I went to the game last night to have a little extra fun at that USC game. You know what? I put in a little bit to for USC to beat Arizona State, even though my mind, to be honest, my mind was telling me that I should have gone the other way. But that's what happens. I was just going in, betting with my heart and emotions because Hawaii Sports Radio Network is your home for the USC Trojans, where you could listen to the game last night and multiple men's basketball games throughout the season. And of course, coming up in the fall, USC football. But I did sprinkle a little bit on just USC to win last night, and I had my futures bet going. And obviously, since USC lost, I lost a little bit. So now I am down, and we will see what I can hopefully make back up this weekend. (laughs) But unfortunately yeah we'll see but you got to play you got to play in order to make that money so like i uh, like i keep alluding to if i so happen to be one of the lucky people to hit those big jackpots on a slot machine first thing i'm buying are tickets to f1 as i just get so excited seeing all the renderings coming out but again we'll get to more basketball talk coming up a little later i did want to start off though with news coming out uh, earlier or later in the day yesterday and, and more details coming out today with the committee, the selection committee for the Hawaii Athletic Director position uh, added a new member. So because of all the outcry that was going on, the search committee had added former University of Hawaii and NFL wide receiver Ashley Leili. He will be the eighth member of the committee, UH said in a news release now, Ashley Lilly is also a Radford High alumnus who holds an MBA from UH and is in the egg and nursery crop business on Oahu. Yes, he's in the egg nursery crop. I know a lot of people, every once in a while, ever since the story came out, I forget if it's the Star Advertiser or if it was Spectrum Local News that did the extensive story on Ashley Lilly and his egg farm business it's actually a really fascinating thing but uh, you guys can go and look that up but he is officially on the committee university of hawaii president david lassner said in a statement quote ashley was recommended by a uh faculty member who had been following the news about the committee i was delighted to to meet him and he indicated he would be honored to serve now this is coming with all the public outcry and the backlash that the University of Hawaii received following the announcement of their initial committee or their original committee, which was 
includes, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, the committee is co-chaired by UH Mano Provost Michael Bruno and Susan Icor, who is the president and chief operating officer of the IO company, or the IO family of companies, and my former boss as well, and she's an amazing woman. Also on the committee are University of Hawaii women's basketball head coach Laura Beeman, uh, vice president of retail marketing and community relations for Island Energy, and former chair of Ahahui Koa Anuenue, Albert D.K. Chi, uh, Sabrina McKenna, who is a Hawaii Supreme Court associate justice and former University of Hawaii student athlete in the women's basketball program, Scott Sinnott, UH Manoa faculty athletics representative and professor of psychology. And last but not least, University of Hawaii men's volleyball head coach Charlie Wade. That was the original committee. After that announcement, it would, there was some backlash. I personally, we talked about this extensively when the committee, the search committee was first announced. I thought it was very well represented. I mean, you have three women on here one of which is not only a former student athlete but a very very successful woman i mean it takes a lot to be up there as in the hawaii supreme court and be an associate justice and also albert dk chi someone who has worked closely to the fundraising arm of the university of hawaii and albert dk chi a kamehameha schools graduate which is very very important and significant as the original letter that was sent and the petition that was signed and sent to David Lassner uh, kind of called out the fact that there was no Polynesian specifically Polynesian uh, representative and yes of course African-American representatives on the committee as well um, to which you guys listened to I, I don't know if it was like a week ago but I kind of went into an extent extensive rant about it because of Albert DK Chi. I even posted about it on my Twitter because I took high offense to the fact that they said there was no Polynesian because I myself, someone who is very mixed race, but am about 25% Hawaiian. Um, and that's typical in Hawaii. We're all very, very mixed. It's very rare to find a full native Hawaiian individual. Uh, but I, it's not like, like I still consider myself as being Polynesian. So the fact that this letter came about and called out that there were no Polynesian, basically they were saying that Albert Chi, who again graduated from Kamehameha schools, where you have to show that you are a that you are Hawaiian, you can't just take away the fact that he is part Hawaiian just because his name doesn't sound like it, or he doesn't look like your typical. Polynesian but nonetheless I went off a little bit on that either way don't get me wrong this has nothing to do with Ashley Laylee being selected I 100% believe he is a perfect representative to add to the committee as being a former student athlete and also a, a local student athlete as well and being that he is very successful post athletic career um, I was fortunate enough to have conversations with him in passing uh, and he is just a very all-around great guy really gives off kind of I'm a very vibes type of person for lack of a better way to describe it so I always get the good vibes from Ashley Laylee so I think you know when it came up I didn't think it was that hard to yes to add my my whole my whole argument against this entire backlash wasn't about, oh, no, we shouldn't have more diversity. I mean, you can't 
you, you can always have more diversity anywhere. But I thought the original committee was very representative of the type of makeup that we would want for people that are tasked to recommend someone for a position as important at the athletics director to replace outgoing athletics director David Matlin come June. Uh, again, I talked about it before with Coach Beeman and Coach Wade. Some people were to say that, oh, it's a conflict of interest as the certain individuals that filed this petition or grievance with the university committee. It's not so much hiring your future boss. I mean, these are two coaches that have been in the program and for, you know, assumption, it's fair to assume that they will be with the program for a very, very long time. And I don't think of necessarily the athletics director as a boss, uh, they're, they're not somebody who, like to me, a boss, and I give credit to something I saw online where uh, the athletics director isn't meant to be a boss and pointing fingers and you do this, you do that, you do that. It's, it's, it's someone who has to be a leader, someone that all the, the coaches and the staff want to follow. Like they are the ultimate head coach, but at the same time, they have extra responsibilities in terms of, you know, fundraising, which is a big one. But Laura Beeman and Coach Wade know what they're looking for. They want someone in the sense similar to David Matlin in the sense that they felt that their people and the athletics director cared about their sports, which is usually non-revenue generating. We're very fortunate that our men's volleyball team has been very successful within the last five, six years. But if we weren't, you still want to have an athletics director and that cares about the program. And as I mentioned before, it's not going to be difficult for this committee to find a plot of applicants who will care and will have all these ideas to promote the football program. Yes, of course we want to promote our football program, but there are other, there are tons of other sports and of course, student athletes to represent. I brought up also Scott Sinnott, UH Manoa faculty athletics representative and professor of psychology, where these days I think he's perfect. Like it doesn't matter their skin color per se. I think they'll do a great job to recommend certain candidates to President David Lassner, but Scott Sinnott, having a professor of psychology, I believe is very, very important, especially the times we're living in now where mental health is just as important, equally as important, maybe a little more important than physical health. So having someone on that committee, maybe being able to ask the right questions or whatnot of applicants that will they care and what ideas they will have to make sure that they will care just as much about the student athletes mental health especially with kids coming today or like continuing to come to the university who had to navigate the pandemic during that critical time in their high school careers so i thought the committee was well represented already Again, this is no knock on them adding Ashley Laylee. I think it's a great addition, but my biggest someone that looks like them and it, it, with the original just outcry. And you know what? I feel like at the end of the day, too, I think because I took a little bit of offense to it, seeing that there were three women, uh, a couple that were there. Two women are of Asian descent and I'm a fish place in terms of just because they didn't have someone that looked like them, that was the biggest gripe. And it was a knock on the people on the committee, including the three women, saying that they wouldn't be able to do a good job in recommending the 
future athletic directors to President David Lassner. Again, this committee is not doing the hiring. They're just weeding out the people that they feel will not even qualify or will be a good fit for the program. But nonetheless, I hope that I will never have to go on this long rant about this subject again. And you know what? They're going to recommend a few people. The new athletics director is going to be hired. And there will still likely be something to come out of it that people will not be happy with again. And then it's all going to go back and forth and everyone's going to blame everybody. But nonetheless, hopefully we don't have to speak about this. I'm putting my faith in this committee and, of course, in the hiring process for the new athletics director. Uh, unfortunately, you know, hopefully I'd be able to apply. Just kidding. <laughs> but if you or someone you know listening out there amongst you beautiful people that the deadline is actually today you have to submit your applications which is another reason why we brought this up that the applications need to be submitted today the review of the applications will begin on march 13th and the committee will make their recommendation to the president in may of 2023 the president also in may will then make his recommendation to the Board of Regents for approval. So hopefully by May, obviously we need to because David Matlin is officially retiring in June, but hopefully by May, we will have our new, the announcement of the new University of Hawaii at Manoa Athletics Director. So hopefully only good things to come. <sighs> what is not the good things to come, however, and we will talk about that next. And I know Paul, back there in studio is very excited to talk about this with me <laughs> we will discuss that heartbreaking loss by the university of hawaii men's basketball team when we come back on wake up in the den wake up in the den with kuule agbayani on the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 welcome back to wake up in the den Kule Agbayani, live from Las Vegas. Paul Brecht, back there in studio. All right, from one subject where you guys heard me kind of go on my rant uh, in that, that first segment, we will go into another awesome subject <laughs> that Paul and I were texting back and forth um, kind of throughout the game and stuff yesterday. Just so frustrating with that overtime loss. 62 to 60 for the Rainbow Warriors in the Big West Conference Tournament, falling to Cal State Fullerton 10 for the third time this season. But again, a one possession game. This one, again, going to overtime, just like their first uh, matchup. I think some of the big takeaways is just like not to kind of the, the problems that plagued us when we do have bad games is what plagued us. Again, in this game, and, and it's unfortunate because as I always have been talking about this entire week and even before, is that you need to make sure you play your best basketball and are able to grind out this games, these games when it really matters. So, and that's the part that did not happen uh, for the University of Hawaii men's basketball team. But before we really get into the nitty-gritty details of recapping the game, First, uh, want to kind of play the post-game or post-game media session Q&A with University of Hawaii men's basketball head coach Iran Ganat and senior players Kamaka Hepa and Samuta Avea. Not easy to make an opening comment after that one, and 
emotional um, locker room, as you can imagine, because we got the greatest kids in the world who, once again, you know, it was our 33rd game and our guys fought their tails off, played hard. I, don't, they can't, I know it's easy to say hard to do, but keep their heads up because they gave us everything they had, and that's all you can ask for. Um, disappointed, obviously, came out of the gates really well, but, you know, it's, uh, we made a jump, and we can make our next jump if we can clean up just a couple of things. We're not as far off as we thought, as we think, or could think. This was a similar game at 30, like, other than the Santa Barbara game on the road, we played 32 <laughs> tight games. We fought in 32 games. We cap off again. You, you hold a team to 35 and 26 from three, um, which we've close to done all year. One of the best defensive teams we've had, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Certainly something to build off there. Uh, but the common theme is our, our offense never uh, made the jump we needed to. We, uh, in three games against Fullerton, we turned it over 18 times a game, uh, and including with the factor that they turned it over four tonight. That was a big difference. Um, I love our guys. I love the guys to my left. Can't thank them enough. Uh, when Muta came back and Kamaka came in, you know, we made our jump. But what's not where we want to be. So, but they put us in a position to make the next one. I can sing their praises all day, on, off, on and off the court, in the classroom, the whole deal. It's hard because there's always a finality to it. Uh, the relationship will go forever. These are family. This is family for life. It's just different because you don't get to be in the locker room and coach them. But uh, it was a blessing, these two, Juan Munoz, our guys this year, to coach this group. You wish we had, could push through. We didn't. We have to live with that. I have to live with that. That's not easy. Uh, but you use it and fuel it and go from there. But I want to thank uh, our guys. I want to thank our staff. I want to thank our seniors. I want to thank our crowd, our band, our cheerleaders, our administration. Um, we checked off some things we hadn't done. Um, winning the Diamond, winning the North Shore, went back to winning 20 games, won 22. Elite defensive team. We're going to get build off that and add some better flow offensively. And But these guys gave us a chance to be good now and gave us a chance to be good in the future. So it's going to be a hard one to, to get through right now, uh, but we will. Uh, coach, and then um, for... Muta and Kamaka, uh, in the last six and a half minutes of regulation, I think you only had one field goal, which is uh, Noel's three. Um, what did you notice as far as uh, Fullerton's defense just really stepping it up a notch uh, schematically or energy-wise? Well, credit their defense. They've been right there with us as one of the better teams defensively. I thought we did a good job early in the game and when we had success of moving the ball. We did not move the ball well this year. And at critical junctures, we didn't move the ball well. Um, they did a good job switching, and we wanted to go inside like we did early in the game and started fronting the post, bringing weak side help, and getting us like we did to them. You could, it seemed like mirror images, getting both teams to play a little more ISO and not many lapses. Um, so credit them there. I thought it started when we were up five and we could have separated, but we started to do that again, and that gave them some confidence. And, Give him credit, work to do for us in this offseason. All due respect, I, I really didn't want to um, answer questions about the game. It's a really like hard time like to deal with, but something coaches taught me is never turn down opportunity to say thank you. So 
I just wanted to be here and sit here and say thank you before, you know, moving on from this program. It's family for life, but to anyone that I've crossed paths with, it's been the same family. So um, just thank you, everybody. Samuta, uh, this wasn't about the game specifically. Just you always, people talk about leaving the place in a better place than where you got it. So on that note, how do you feel like you did in the last six years? I feel like I gave it everything I got. <laughs> and I think that's something that I'll be able to carry on. A lot of lessons and... Hard times and good times and, you know, it's the beauty of life. You hope that you can do everything to put yourself and others in a position. So uh, that's how I feel about it. I feel like I gave it everything I got and I can live with that. Kamaka, about the, the game a little bit just or the aftermath of it, does this feel a little bit more disappointing knowing the makeup of this group and the goals you guys had and the, the things that coach said you guys accomplished? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of at a loss for words right now. Um, but I'm definitely disappointed in myself. Um, and that's just the bottom line. <clears throat> I'll, just to answer your question, okay, and I know I've been young before and gone through this, and these are never easy, but heck yeah, they left us in a better place. Are you kidding me? Like, it's hard to feel that now for all of us. I don't care if I coached for 20 more years, and you go through ups and downs, you've been on both sides of it. I just know when you leave here and you have perspective and you take a breath and you go, these guys navigate us through COVID, after COVID, uh, had you know, the success on the floor, had some breakthroughs like I talked about. More than anything, they left a legacy to build off of. We got some young guys who are gonna be good players. They're gonna be good. I can tell you right now, they're gonna be good because of them. And their impact in our, for the university, for the state, Obviously, starting with our locker room and for the student-athletes at UH, you can't have a better representative. Both have their degrees, and, and both have grown. And Juan's the same way. And how about the adversity he's dealt with? Um, but it's going to hurt now, and, and eventually these guys, as they get older, realize their impact will be left far uh, beyond tonight. And as a coach, as a dad, as a husband, you know, we got incredible, like the best of the best. Doesn't mean today doesn't hurt, but it's a good feeling going into an off season after you, this pain subsides and know we got a good culture and we're building the culture and it's still building. We lost tonight, it's a thin line. It's a thin line, a possession here and there. Why would that determine the impact these guys have made? I can't thank them enough, I'm so proud of them. Said to anyone they want to play professionally, they want a job, hire them. Guaranteed, they will be successful. And that's what I'm proud of. There have been some setbacks in tournaments and before and uh, disappointments, but this one seems a little more personal to you, more painful. Is it just because of the, what you feel for these guys? And what, why was this team so special to you? I don't know if it feels more personal. They're all personal. We've had great groups, and this is another great group. They've all built off each other, and they've all been through a lot. And... 
We've had a lot of close losses. Like we haven't had, we've won the close games over the years. We had more close losses than we had in the past, and today was another one. Um, personal is tough because I've, 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 I, our staff, we've been blessed to have some great people that have navigated us through some periods. So they're all pretty personal. You, you know, you know the the eight and up until tonight it would have been a seven seven in a row off a loss, eight and one after a loss. The way these groups bounce back, the way they fight, it's just we've had special groups. This one's at one of the tops, clearly, maybe the top. Um, we had some alums here, and that's what this program is about—the relationships and alum. We had alums here watching us, supporting. I really like that, watching those guys come in and support our guys, and then having families, and I really like that about a program, but. They're all pretty personal because the way we run our program. This is a relationship program. This is a for life program. And these guys are family. It's just, it's hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is definitely very hard. That was the post-game press conference featuring Rainbow Warrior basketball head coach Iran Ganat, along with Samuta Avea and Kamaka Hepa following that heartbreaking loss in overtime, 62-60 to 60, against Cal State Fullerton in the quarterfinal round of the Big West Conference Tournament. And I was there, as I mentioned, I was going very, very crazy. Uh, it was just, it's gut-wrenching and, and hearing just them speak even more so. And both Paul and I had already, like, watched the press conference, and it just wasn't any easier to listen to as you heard i mean that was brilliant by samuta avea he had an incredible performance during that game but just for him to really come out and like he said you know he never you never just because you don't want to come out and talk about the game he he said you don't ever turn down an opportunity to say thank you so just the fact that he came out and said that, and it was it was tough. You heard it in his voice. It was tough to get through that post game. Now that his collegiate basketball career has come to an end, especially in that fashion, but just yeah, it, it it's it's hard. It's gut wrenching. I'm getting a little teary. I just like thinking about it because uh, he has been nothing but amazing. And this program, all the student athletes that the University of Hawaii has has have just been uh, a tremendous representative or representatives this entire season and just great kids on and off the basketball court. And yeah, it was just heartbreaking. But when we come back, we got to uh, take a break really quick, but we'll come back to break down the game itself. When we come back on wake up in the den. You're listening to wake up in the den with Kule Agbayani on the all new Hawaii sports radio network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Kule Agbayani live from Las Vegas, Paul Brecht holding down the fort there in studio in Hawaii. Oh, sorry, I had to open it up with a sigh, just kind of looking over um, this game, these game notes and whatnot from the Rainbow Warrior basketball overtime loss to Cal State Fullerton in overtime, 62-60, to 60, uh, knocking them out of the tournament and essentially ending their season. Uh, before we took the break, you heard the post-game press conference with head coach Aron Ganat and Samuta Avea and Kamaka Hepa as their collegiate careers um, came to an end as they are both seniors. And 
but again, mahalo to not only the seniors, but just also all the, the players and just well representing the program. The game itself obviously didn't go the best way. You heard it uh, kind of a little bit in the that post-game presser, but yeah, one of the biggest uh, keys to the final stretch of that game is the fact that Hawaii went on like a five-minute scoring drought uh, towards the end of that game. They scored a field goal at the 628 mark in the second half and didn't score again till the 106 mark. And But that was a free throw that they scored. They didn't score another field goal. So from 628 was their last field goal and then all the way up until 46 seconds left in the second half was when they scored their second or their other field goal. I mean, you cannot win basketball games during that stretch of time. On top of that, uh, so Hawaii, when they scored that last, that 628 field goal, they were up 50 to 49. And in between that gap, they had three turnovers within that span, leading two points for Cal State Fullerton. Not only just that scoring drought at the end, um, not taking care of the basketball. That was a huge thing that affected Hawaii as they had 18 turnovers to Cal State Fullerton's four turnovers. And the Titans were able to score 20 points off of those turnovers. So that's the really significant um, stat that ultimately, I believe, changed the game. Like it could have gone either way. Don't get me started on the refing situation <laughs> that was going on. Um, I kind of uh, talked about it yesterday when it came to the women's game, how there was one particular ref that his calls were a little funky, but it seemed um, pretty even. for They were both bad calls on, on both sides. So at the end of the day, as long as it's even, fine. Uh, the situation yesterday was a little, it felt a little one-sided, especially in the beginning of the game. That also hurt Hawaii where they got into foul trouble at the very beginning I believe and correct me if I'm wrong Paul if you remember I believe they they got to having 10 team fouls when there was still about like 12 minutes left or so in the first half so already putting Fullerton in the the bonus and it just hurt Hawaii not only that but of course if you get into foul trouble early with certain players they had to sub them out I mean Hawaii went on that quick run to open the game and it all things looked great. I mentioned it yesterday that Cal State Fullerton haven't played in a couple of weeks, so it wasn't surprising that they came out a little slow, but they eventually figured it out and started to turn it on. I mean, they didn't have their first field goal until around the 1345 mark in the first half. So they did score that one point on a free throw, but in terms of field goals, Fullerton didn't score until the 1345 mark. So that's how, just to put it in perspective for those that didn't watch the game, that's how slow of a start they came out to. And at that point, Hawaii was up 9-1 on Fullerton. And uh, the rest, they say, is history. <laughs> but it was nonetheless a painful game to watch. And, and just real, real quick, Paul, before we get some of your thoughts on the game, that uh, I just got to go back to the just a funny story about myself and yelling uh, like crazy. We were uh, myself and one of our my, my one of my friends that was sitting next to me. She and I were sitting courtside, but in front of the local radio broadcast of the game and we were getting we got a text message from our other friend that apparently you could hear us yelling in the background <laughs> so for those of you who were listening 
yes, that was us. That was yelling crazy. And I, <laughs> I was yelling a little nuts at, again, the, the, probably the most angry I got at that one particular ref, though, was the fact that he called that charge on Hawaii down the stretch when it was clearly done by the same player. And kudos to him. I was like, hey, this kid deserves an Oscar to be able to fake out the ref twice, flopping twice. I mean, the first time, okay, fine. The first time you're going to, to flop, and I'm talking about Tori San Antonio, number 23, uh, you know, drew the charge, but clear flop the first time, but whatever. Okay, you know what? Hey, kudos to you, kid. You you, you faked out the ref. But he, the ref got fooled twice, called the flop. I was livid. I was going insane. Like, how are you going to fall for it again? And, and he's like a way bigger guy calling it, um, like letting Joe Vaughn McClanahan push him down really I mean come on Raph that was yeah nonetheless let me cool off a little bit and Paul let's hear your thoughts about the basketball game <laughs> yeah uh I, I think you hit the nail right on the head right it was some some uh questionable calls I'll, I'll say for the bows uh you mentioned it uh it was the single bonus that uh they had entered into with 12 minutes remaining, they being the Titans, and then with six over six minutes left in the half, they entered the double bonus. Uh, all the while, Hawaii, um, Hawaii forced them to foul them about five times in that first half, so 11-5 to five was the difference in foul count. It was 9-2, to mm -hmm. two, I believe, at one point as well. Um, it, it, from a fan standpoint, it was extremely frustrating to see for the Bows because it felt like a lot of times... Um, the team who was bigger in Hawaii trying to uh, get things going down low, right? We saw the first three baskets of the game. They went inside, um, and, and not a lot of fouls called despite some physical contact down low. And then on the defensive end, uh, Hawaii we know is a really physical defensive team. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the officials did not uh, feel like letting them play uh, defense the way that we have become accustomed to seeing. And then you also mentioned the turnovers yesterday. They just continued to kill Hawaii over and over and over again. 18-4 to four, uh, was the margin, and it's going to be tough to win any type of game that way, especially one against the team that has your number. And I was mentioning this to you during the break. It just kind of at some point it seems like Cal State Fullerton has had this certain group uh, of Rainbow Warriors, their number is four straight times in a row that the Titans have taken down Hawaii. It's the second straight year that they've lost in the quarterfinals of the Big West Tournament to Cal State Fullerton. It's, I, I mentioned it, four straight losses, three this season, two of them coming in overtime. Like you, you can tell Hawaii is right there, but when you're right there, you can't afford to give up uh, the things on the margins, and that's what they did yesterday. Gave 14 extra shots away, 14 extra possessions away, and the Titans capitalized on it. Yeah, and and again, just not going into that scoring drought to end the game. I mean, I cannot like bring that up enough. Where 6:28 in the second half, from one field goal all the way to with 40 seconds, 46 seconds left in the game where your next field goal came like that. You can't have a scoring drought that is that big. And at the same time, 
like how we keep talking about turnover, turnover, turnovers. Again, I will mention it because I do drill it in. Three turnovers within the span of not scoring, essentially giving Cal State Fullerton those extra. I believe within Hawaii's scoring gap, I believe Fullerton scored about like five points in between that time, giving them that lead. So it was significant. And kudos, of course, to Noel Coleman hitting that game, tying three, which, you know, all faith was almost lost. And then he let us enjoy, you know, a few more minutes of free basketball. But at the end, Hawaii still came out short. Uh, just, you know, it was a six to four score in that overtime and essentially the final score of 62 to 60. And it was just heartbreaking. Uh, we heard the post-game press conference again, and you could hear it in all of their voices that they're heartbroken too. And, and Coach Gannett said it best, you know, this was the year I fully believed. We all did believe this was like the best team that we've really seen in a while, probably the best team since the team that last won the Big West Conference when Iran Gannett came and took over the program and made it to the tournament and won the first round tournament game so this team was the best team I believe since that team in coach Gannat's first year which essentially wasn't necessarily made up of his players you know it wasn't his recruiting class and this was and the fact that we were able to build up into this point unfortunately you know losing someone like Juan Munoz who was by all accounts going to be our three-point threat like more than we already have in Noel Coleman and Kamaka Hepa and even Samuta Vea was really finding his own from the three-point line and um, I will mention it again that I'm a little irritated that <laughs> Samuta didn't at least get honorable mention with the all Big West Conference uh, honors were announced because I feel like he really was playing great basketball down the stretch really having that type of confidence that swagger uh, maybe it's hanging around Kamaka enough but uh, and it was just unfortunate but Samuta and all the players you know gave a lot to this program and hopefully we will continue on this trend where we don't feel like all right now it's another down year I mean it will be good to go into every season believing like oh this is the best team we've ever had now this is the best team we ever had and and now I'm even more curious as to what next year's team will look like but you still have a lot of young players uh, by all accounts I believe Noel Coleman is going to come back you have some Someone really young and still raw and more sec. I mean, that kid's only going to get way better and probably put on a little more muscle mass. But to have so, like someone like that who really even hasn't been playing basketball for much of his life, uh, we can only go up from here. And of course, Jovan McClanahan making all Big West second team, but he's only going to get better. And I still have faith in the team, and I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, what the future holds but got to step aside we'll be back to close it out here on wake up in the den back to more wake up in the den with kuule agbayani on the hawaii sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 turn up the lights here beautiful people kuule agbayani live from las vegas paul brecht back in our studios in hawaii uh, yeah, so moving on, now that we kind of got the majority of the show is just like uh, getting a lot off my chest and just hopefully getting over the pain and sorrow. The good thing is, you know, leave it to, you know, typical woman things. Leave it to the women 
to make things all better. <laughs> As uh, Yes, I do not want to forget about our Rainbow Wahine basketball team, who, of course, plays in the semifinals today, coming up at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Las Vegas time and then 12.30 p.m. back home. You can watch on ESPN Plus as they play Long Beach State in one semifinal. And should they win and move on to the championship game to defend their crown, they will play the winner of the number nine seed, CSU Bakersfield, who had that upset over one seed, UC Irvine. And they're taking on the fifth the number five seed UC Santa Barbara. So we'll definitely be out there today at the Dollar Loan Center to cheer on the Rainbow Wahine as they look to make it to the championship game. And, and yeah, I, I joke, but it's true. I was like, oh, that's all we kept saying uh, after that heartbreaking loss by the men yesterday. We we're like, well, at least the women will add another game and we can go, everyone can go out there and support our Rainbow Wahine. So again, uh, those of you that are here in Las Vegas, uh, the game time is 2.30 p.m. out at the Dollar Loan Center and back home. It is at 12.30 and you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. But there are also a bunch of other stuff going on at the University of Hawaii. It's set to be a very, very busy uh, sporting weekend and they will be very very packed in lower on lower campus so be sure you guys plan accordingly probably the most anticipated uh, thing well actually I know I don't want to say that there's a bunch of like big things going on uh, this this to, starting today and then throughout this evening I mean one there's the men's volleyball team taking on Penn State tonight and then also tomorrow is the other big matchup as they take on UCLA so the ranked team number two team uh, as according to the AVCA men's national collegiate coaches poll so Hawaii that number one having no losses still undefeated number one ranked and then they'll take on number two ranked UCLA but tonight they will take on number three ranked Penn State so you will volleyball fans are just rejoicing right now and I mean UCLA's only loss was to Penn State earlier in the season back in February at the beginning of February where they had lost three to one to Penn State but they redeemed themselves in beating Penn State to open up the Outrigger Volleyball Invitational last night so they beat them three two 25-20-25-22 and 15-10 so it's still a very very competitive game and now Hawaii will face Penn State again this evening and then UCLA which I can imagine will be it's fair to assume it'll be close to a sellout tomorrow. But not only is that going on with the Outrigger Invitational Tournament at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, but also the Rainbow Warrior Baseball Team out there hosting the defending Big East Conference champion in UConn and at the Les Murakami Stadium. And also Rainbow Wahine Softball hosts the Outrigger Rainbow Wahine Classic. Uh, that's going on right now at Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium. So just... Be clear that if you're headed to any of these games, make sure you arrive early as there is always limited parking and just don't stress, you know, don't get mad if there's traffic and everyone enjoy being out there in Manoa. And of course, clear bag policy only uh, if you haven't gone to a game within the last couple of years. I, I still see it every time I have gone to games that there are people that will get turned away at the front having to put uh, their stuff back into the car or to buy a clear bag. So just remember, tell your friends if they haven't been to a game within the last couple of years at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, um, 
actually anywhere, any of the facilities there that you're going to, whether it be Les Murakami or Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium, that it does have the clear bag policy, uh, avoid lines, get your tickets online, you can download digital tickets. So there's just a bunch of stuff going on there back home. So I want to make sure that I threw out that PSA because I know everyone's going to be out there. I've talked to some of the, my friends back home who are majority of them are going to see the Rainbow Warrior volleyball team because, again, number one ranked Rainbow Warriors taking on number three ranked Penn State tonight and then number two ranked UCLA both of whom just have those losses to each other. So it's going to be some very, very fun and exciting men's volleyball to to be seen and to be had out there in Manoa. That's, that's the one thing when we were thinking of coming to the tournament, I was a little bummed because I would have really wanted to be out there at the UCLA uh, Rainbow Warrior <laughs> volleyball game. Paul, you're going to have to go for me. I can do that. <laughs> I think that is uh, that's something that I can handle, Koo. <laughs> Twist your arm. Oh, Gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's going to be very boring for no, you to go there. No, the top two <laughs> men's volleyball teams in the nation. No. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so again, follow uh, Paul or, or follow us on social media at High Sports Radio. Uh, you can follow Paul Brecht on, on Twitter. He always gives great updates, and as he will give also today during the Rainbow Wahine basketball game. And um, if you want to kind of get the full recap of the men's game and the women's game from the last couple of days, you can go on HawaiiSportsRadio.com and check out Paul's write-ups, and you can see that post-game press conference again. Although. Again, tearjerker advisory for the men's post-game presser as I was getting a little choked up watching that, especially uh, seeing the emotions by Samuta Avea following that tough loss. So all kinds of stuff. Check out at hawaiisportsradio.com. As we mentioned earlier, um, today is the deadline. I'm, unfortunately, I will not be applying. I know everyone's disappointed that I will not be applying for the uh, University of Hawaii Manoa Athletics Director position. So... I I'm, I'm just want to give everyone else a chance because, you know, I would get hired, like, in a heartbeat. So Yeah, it's only fair <laughs> Despite, for everyone else. Yeah, so I just, I, you know, I, I love my job and what I'm doing now, so I will leave it up to everyone else to apply. But the big news in terms of that, it, well, not only is the deadline for applications today and the search committee begins uh, going through everything on Monday, but also that former University of Hawaii and uh, – Radford alumnus and also an NFL wide receiver Ashley Laylee has been an addition to the committee following a lot of outcry. If you missed my rant about that to open up the show, then you can listen to this show and other things on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get most podcasts. So I'm in Vegas until Sunday. I will be back home in Hawaii and we'll be back in studio on Monday, but Mahalo for everyone for tuning in uh, the last few days as hopefully I look to win back some of my my money here in just a little bit that I lost on uh, USC basketball. But for Paul Brecht back at home in Hawaii, I'm Kule Agbayani live from Las Vegas. Mahalo for listening.